I'm Jeff Wright, and welcome to the Blame to Fame podcast. As an entrepreneur, I have not only built an extremely successful business from scratch, but also employed thousands of men and women and helped them on their path to financial freedom. One of the most common themes for me and everyone else who has succeeded is that we never blame anyone and are aware that our success or failures fall solely on our shoulders. It was not until I hit rock bottom that I realized that only I alone could change my future. And on my podcast, you're going to hear the stories of successful folks who have gone from blame to fame in their own lives. I look forward to sharing my journey and great guests that will educate you about their path to success. Please join me each week on the Blame to Fame podcast. All right, we got a real treat today. We have Mr. J.M. Ryerson, host of the Let's Go Win podcast. I like that. And the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Let's Go Win, The Keys to Living Your Best Life, and Champion's Daily Playbook. He coaches entrepreneurs and teams on peak performance and how to live their best lives. His passion is to help others succeed at work and at home by offering simple tools that provide a work-life balance. JM, thank you for being on, brother. Hey, it's truly my pleasure, Jeff. It's uh, I love the art piece behind you as we talked about off air, and uh, I just I love your energy, brother. This will be a lot yeah. of fun. So work-life balance. Um. A lot of people say it doesn't exist. Mm. Tell me, tell me about what people can do to get a work-life balance that that they're looking for. Everybody wants it. God knows I want it, and I don't have it. Well, here, here's what I'll tell you: is it does exist if you show up as you. And what I mean by that, if you show up as your authentic self, you can actually do it. And here's the best reason I feel confident saying that is because I didn't have work-life balance in my first company, company one and ha first half of company two. Well, what that almost cost me was my marriage. Uh, it almost cost me a lot of, in terms of health, I was as heavy and unhealthy as I had ever been making a lot of money, look, stacking lots of checks, but literally the most important thing in my life, my, my wife and my kids, that, that relationship was not ideal and it was going down a path that I never thought possible. And so what I realized, and we're growing about 15% year on year out in that company. So I was like, okay, good. One side, if you think about it, my work is going well, but my relationships and health, the other two really big things in my life suck. What can I do? And what I realized, brother, is if I just come to work as JM, and what I mean by that. In company one and first half of company two, I thought I had to look a certain way. I thought I had to sound a certain way. I just wasn't me, man. I, I, I just thought I had to be this person. And I, right. wasn't, I wasn't successful in doing it. And we've all put those masks on. Once I took those masks off, brother, once I decided to just be me, guess what? We grew at 22% every single year. My relationship was whole. My health was better. And it was because I wasn't spending so much time and energy. I was in alignment with who I was. 
And it's just been so easy since. So I do believe it's possible. I understand why people don't think it, but I think typically it's because they're not being their authentic self. They're trying to show up as what they think they're supposed to be instead of just being them. So in other words, which I harp on this all the time, a lot of people unnecessarily try to impress others that don't give a shit about them to begin with. It's so true. I'm <laughs> laughing because it's so, it's so true. They want to go buy, you know, you know, they want to go buy a nice watch. You know, I got a nice watch, but I bought it for me. You know, I, I bought it for me. I don't care who likes it, who doesn't. Uh, I didn't buy it to show off. I, I bought it because it's something I like, but there's so many people out there. That's just not true. They, 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 they buy these clothes, these cars, they get these watches, they get all this stuff to impress other people when in fact they should be impressing themselves. It's so true, brother. And I, I, I hope I didn't cut you off, but literally. No, I, no. Tonas, I got a Breitling and I got, and they're all sitting in my safe. You know why? Because I wear an Apple watch because that's me. And for my health, I want to track it. I'm not saying wearing watch is a bad thing, by the way, if it makes you happy, do you, yeah. but I'm a simple kid from Montana, brother. I, I'm not a materialistic guy. I don't care about material things, but somehow I did. I got caught up in what more can I get? What, you know, how big can the house be? What extra zero can I put on? And all the while I'm losing the most important relationship in my life. So I, look, I think you can make a lot of money and have fulfilling relationships, but it's so true, man. I don't know where we get this idea. I got to wear this watch. I got to drive this car. I have to yeah. say these things when the truth is your authentic self is in there. And that's the most attractive thing you can be. So, yeah, you know, it's like, I tell people all the time, a lot of the agents that work with me, they, they won't post anything on, on social media because they're afraid of what their neighbors are going to think or what their families are going to, are going to think. And I said to them, well, are your neighbors and your family and are your friends making your mortgage payment for you? Or are, are they putting gas in your car? Are they doing any of that stuff? Well, no. I said, well, why do you care what they think? In fact, when I first started doing videos, one of my neighbors, uh, this was several years ago, one of my neighbors walked up to me and she says, well, I kind of like the videos you do, but you know, you, you, you could not use as much foul language as you use. I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Uh, what kind of language do you do on your videos? Oh, well, I, I, I don't, I don't do any, I, I, I don't have a need to do that. I said, okay, all right. All right. Well, well, the next time you, that you do it, then just, just let me know so I can watch them. And maybe you can teach me how to, how, to, how for me to do better. So true. You know what's so funny about that? A unsolicited advice. It never goes well. Like I didn't ask a, so thanks, I guess I'll take it. But you know, I heard a long time ago, it's none of your business, what anyone else thinks of you. And it's so true because you have zero control over what they think of you anyway. They're either going to like you or they're not. I'm not saying to not show up and right. be a good human being, but if your intention is pure, so to these agents, if you're not, if you're not hearing Jeff, let me be clear. If your intention is to do something positive for the world, I promise you it will be well received. And by the way, it will also be hated by some because you can't please everyone. But if you're true to yourself, I promise you great things will come of it. No, it, you're absolutely right. You'll get hated on by a lot of people. It's, it's funny 
because I see this all the time. It's sad that family, especially family, is the worst support group that you can possibly have because they're all cheering for you when you tell them that you're going to get started. But boy, once you make it, once you pull it off, that's when the hate comes out. That's when all the passive aggressiveness comes out because they didn't have the balls to go out and do it themselves. And, and that's why there's so many haters. Ah, so true. All, all their insecurities come out uh, or they don't even help you get started was some of my experience because they're protecting you. I don't want you to fail. I'm not going to fail. That's all your shit that you're lumping onto me. Yeah. And I understand. Look, you want to protect. And I had this conversation really clearly with my folks because uh, you know, God bless them. One worked for the same corporation for 35 years and one was a teacher for 39. That was their path. And that's awesome for me. I'm an entrepreneur, man. I don't want or want to care about when the next paycheck's coming. I just don't want a ceiling put above my head because no. that to me is like being in handcuffs. And so it's so interesting. We could talk about this subject forever, but when people put their stuff on you, just remember that's exactly what it is. Unless you want their opinion, you probably shouldn't ask. If you no. want it, cool, take the feedback. But it's so funny how often other people lump, and you said family, and it's so true, their self-limiting beliefs onto you. And then all of a sudden you start believing that story. That's just a story, man. That's not the case. That's just their fears and insecurities they want you to have as well. And don't you love it though, when you're, especially your family, if they come to you and ask you for some advice and then they argue with you about the advice that you gave them, like, well, why the hell did you ask me to begin with? It's so true, man. I mean, you're just spitting like great facts because if you want my honest opinion and I give it to you and then they, they, like you said, they're defensive. My I always retort the same way. I'm like, well, would you rather I lie to you then? Well, no, of course not. Well, then why are you getting offended when I tell you the truth? You asked for it. I'm going to tell you. Like, it's just so funny. If you don't want that honest feedback, then don't ask. Then don't ask. The it, second part is. It's like my children. I, I have three children. They're all grown. They all have children of their own. And uh, I stay out of their business. I never asked them about anything other than how are you doing and how are my grandkids doing and all that. I never asked them about their work because I don't want to pry. I don't want to get involved in any, any of that. Now, if they ask me my opinion, I'll give it to them. And a lot of times they don't like it. And sometimes it, they'll start arguing with me and I'm like, well, you kind of knew what my answer was going to be before you asked. So why would you ask to begin with? So uh, it, it, I never give it unsolicited, but if it is solicited, I, I give them my opinion as I see it. And sometimes it's well-received and a lot of times it isn't. Yeah. I have this one with my wife all the time. She asked me, do you like this shirt? And I'm like, do you want my honest feedback? And if she says yes, and I don't like it. And I say, no, I think it's heinous. And she gets offended. I'm like, well, would you rather I lie to you? Well, no, of course not. Well, honey, you said you wanted honesty, so here it is. JM, does this dress make me look fat? Oh. <laughs> That's a tough one. I, You know, no is always the answer there. I don't care what. Oh, hell no, babe. You look great. <laughs> yeah, there's no winning on that one. So that's just a no. Nope.
<laughs> Moving on. So you're originally from Montana. Mm -hmm. Are you a big Yellowstone fan? You know, I do watch the show, and I have to say, I have been sucked into it. I will also say to all those Yellowstone fans, that is not the Montana I grew up in, as in uh, that really fancy area, which they do have now. There's Yellowstone oh, yeah. Club is a real place, and it's I could not afford it when I lived in Montana. That wasn't even a remote possibility. But 100%, I, you know, I love seeing the scenery. It brings me back to home. I live in Florida, which is flat as a pancake, and I miss the mountains. But, uh, yes, a long-winded way of saying yes, I do like the show. I really like the way Costner uh, portrays Dutton. Yeah, he he's a guy that has these high standards. And he never breaks them for anybody or anything. And, and I think that's so important, really, to run any kind of business is to have these standards and never drop them down. And uh, uh, his character does that. And it, it's just, uh, you, you can actually learn a lot of, about a lot of things just by watching that show. No, you know, especially how he handles his batshit crazy daughter, uh, Beth. <laughs> Well, and I like how he owns it too, right? He, he does, does. standards, but he, he holds himself to them as well. And when he messes up, man, he is the first to say, honey, as you're saying, typically it's to her, honey, maybe you don't want to tell me these things or, you know, there's certain, but he owns every piece of who he is, the good, the bad, and the ugly. He does. I think he, he and Rip make that show where I'm oh. just, they're fascinating characters. And you know what? The daughter's incredible. I don't know the actress's name. She's obviously very talented. Because She's actually British, if you can believe it. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. She's absolutely remarkable in the role. Yeah. But you know, I don't recall ever hearing him say this. Um, maybe he has. But the phrase that I have never heard him say, and I tell people this all the time, he never says, I'm sorry, mm -mm. ever. And I think I'm sorry gets way, way, way overused because most of the time when I hear an I'm sorry, it sounds like the other person's an excuse maker. But if they say, I made a mistake, I apologize, I screwed up, I was wrong, just having the admission of that actually just reeks respect from me imagine how well i don't like talking about politics but imagine how uh how washington would work if people just had the guts to admit that they were wrong they don't we get a lot more done real fast if they were willing to just say you know again it's not even like you said save the sorry part of it just own what happened just own it just that, own it. It, it look this didn't work yeah, and it's, it's and it's sad to me, JM, that there are so many people that just go their whole lives without with they would rather live their life in misery and die than admit that they're wrong about anything. They would rather live that lie. And a lot of that goes to the work-life balance that you're talking about, because if they're going to work, showing up as a different kind of person, they're, they're living a lie, essentially. And the one that they're lying to the most is themselves. So if you're living a lie to yourself all the time, then of course you're going to be miserable. 
I actually have a saying that I used because as I told you off air, I also came from the, the insurance world years ago. And I had a saying with all my guys, I'm like, look, guys, I'd rather be wrong and win than be right and lose all day long. I will be wrong oh, yeah. and win. There's no ego in it. Now, that that's not true. I say that we all have an ego. But man, to just be able to just, especially in a team atmosphere, who cares who I whose idea it is? Aren't we just trying to get to that goal? And I think that's why I love working with teams so much because- mm -hmm. I, again, I, it's always bigger than us. You talked about the government. Shouldn't it be about something bigger than, than one human being? Should it should be. be about us winning as a society, as a country. But so often it's an ego play, a money play. It's, it, it just gets caught up in that. So if they could adopt that, I'd rather be wrong and win than right and lose. I would love to see that. Well, uh, tell me about your book. I, I, haven't, I haven't had a chance to read it. Yeah. So the first book, uh, let's go win. I wrote it actually for my two boys. I have a 16 year old and a 12 year old son, my, my wife and I do. And the idea was to give them ideas for my parents and grandparents and mentors and authors. Mm -hmm. And I read 20 to 30 books a year, approximately, and try to put it all in one little easy to use manual. So if I got hit by a bus that, hey, you know, what were some philosophies that dad had along the way that can maybe help us not skin our knees as much as he did? That's how it started. And the gal I was working with, Jeff, she was fascinating. She goes, I didn't know you're selfish. And I said, what do you mean? I'm not selfish. She said, if you only share that book with two human beings, you're selfish. All right, lesson wow. learned. Let's publish it. And it's led to this amazing journey of what Let's Go Win is, which is the podcast and, and the coaching. And so that's what that book's all about. The second one is just uh, it's uh, what I do a lot of my coaching with my clients on. It's, it's a simple manual, if you will. If you want to accomplish a goal in 90 days, if you follow that, my commitment is that you will hit that. If you follow it, if you do it for 90 straight days, you want to lose 60 pounds in 90 days, cool. Pick up Champions Daily Playbook and you can do it what with the teams that you coach what's the most common problems that you see with them they're not clear on who they are and what they're doing and my best example of that is again going back to the earth i, I like to screw up along the way so then i can learn and hopefully help others yeah. um but you know it, my first couple companies we weren't clear on the culture in terms of we didn't really know who we were and the best example I can give, I was standing on stage and we had six cultural values. And I was one of the guys in the boardroom that wrote them. And yet when asked on stage, what are they? I could only think of five of the six. Now I wrote them or I was one of them that wrote them. I can't remember. How can I expect these thousand people out in the, in the stands to remember? I was so smart that day, Jeff, I added a seventh core value to our list. Okay. But what happened, it was a great lesson because I did an informal poll afterwards and I asked people, what are our values? And literally less than 1%, the other guy and gal in the room that helped with the values, they remembered them. No one else did. No one else did. That's it. So then I got it down to three core values. The next year did the same speech-ish on stage and 90% of the crowd knew all of our culture values because there's this weird thing with three. So when you're talking about teams, when you start there, just start with your cultural values and you get real clear on it, man, the rest gets real easy. 
It really does. And uh, you're right. Three, three is, is the magic number. You get much more than that. And it's almost like it, it almost has to rhyme. What were your three core values? Fun, love, and drive is what we ended up on at that I company that. I was talking about. I love that. I love that. But you have to, you have to live it. You, you can't just be one of these, uh, do as I say, not as I do kind of people. You have to live it. You have to lead by example. It's like with all the people that work with me, there's not one thing that I asked them to do that I wouldn't do myself. Not one thing. Uh, it's true. It's my college basketball coach. He used to make us run two and a half miles on Monday and Wednesday. Well, guess what? He was running five on those same days. Oh, wow. And so when, when I learned that about this coach mass was his name, it just made, I hated, I, mean, I try not to hate anything in life. I hated running those two and a half miles. But when you see coach mast at whatever, he's probably mid forties at that time running double the amount that he's asking us. Yeah. yeah I can get behind that. Yeah, I could probably, if, if he was like the guys that I had back when I was in high school, they'd be, hey, you're, you're still a punk. I'm, I could be your dad. I'm out running your ass. You know, keep going. <laughs> yeah, you know, he was a pretty kind man. He just, he would lead by example. He he truly was that guy that he, he never really carried a, a big stick. He just, he was just, do as I say, you know, or do as I do, not as I say, you know, he was just a fascinating man, but he would always do more than he asked of us, which it, it taught me a lot early in college. I think that's the mark, uh, the makings and the marks of any great leader is, is that they're willing to do any, any task that they, uh, that they tell someone else to do. And the other thing too and I, I learned this from several people, but one of my mentors is actually a retired four-star general. Mm -hmm. um, brilliant, brilliant guy. And one of the things that he said that he always tried to, to, to have into the culture of the military is not to lay blame on people. Don't blame things, just get it fixed correct and correct it so the problem doesn't happen again and i've always said that you know if blame were an olympic sport america would win the gold medal every year hands down would it be a competition because i noticed this because i've never worked i work for corporate america but i've never worked i mean i've worked with it i've never worked for it i've never uh, i've never been an employee ever uh, i'd make a terrible employee jm I'd be, I'd be the worst, uh, <laughs> but there's, there's so much when I sit in boardrooms or, or sit in meetings with insurance companies and whatnot, and they can have 30 people sitting in the room. It's all them patting themselves on the back and it's all them laying blame on this department, that department there are everyone's laying blame on stuff. Nobody's taking responsibility for anything and nothing's getting done when, when no one. And again, it goes back to the admitting that they're wrong, admitting that they made mistakes. Then if they did that, maybe they get some respect and things would get fixed and, and work out smoother and faster and more efficient. And at the end of the day, make everybody more happy and, and make more money. 
Well, if you think about it, that four-star general, it's, it's brilliant. And again, I've never served in the military, so I'll put that out there. But I do study the Navy SEALs incessantly because there's so many leadership lessons. Oh, yeah. Why would you point a finger or place blame when you're dealing with life or death? Look, it doesn't matter whose fault it is. It happened. It can't happen again. Let's figure out how to fix it. And that has been the attitude that they have. So it's far bigger stakes than who gets an extra bonus. We're talking life and death. And I think that's why the military has that staunch, just look, I don't care about who gets the credit and I don't care about who gets the praise. It's a team effort and it's right. far bigger than any one of us. And I think that's why, again, the SEALs are fascinating because when O'Reilly came out with the book talking about the fact that he had actually killed Osama, that was really outside of their culture because who cares who killed him? It doesn't matter who took the shot. That was a team effort. Do you know how many people were involved in this team in order to do that? Now he's a Montana kid. I'm not coming down on him. Okay. Look, but he took a lot of flack because he came out and said, I took that shot. And everybody's like, man, we all took that shot. Yeah, exactly. I was watching this has nothing to do with Navy SEALs. I was reading an article the other day about uh, Quentin Tarantino. Mm. Uh, I'm a big fan of his movies. Me too. <laughs> and I don't know if you know this or not, but he, uh, he's been very public saying it makes no difference how much money that I make. I'll never leave my mother a dime. They said that he, he said, I'll never buy our house. I'll never buy our car because way back in the day, she, when he was in high school, he told her he wanted to get in the film. He wanted to get into acting and all that. And she says, no, you're never going to make it with that. You need to go get a job. You need to go to college. You need to do this and that. So he kind of burned that as fuel to get to where he is now. Just kind of, kind of the, all my success. If you read the article, all of his success is kind of a F you to his mom. But at the end of the day, he should be grateful for his mom doing that because otherwise he wouldn't be where he is now. In fact, he wouldn't even be, he wouldn't even exist without her. So it's kind of the same thing. He's taking all the credit and he's doing all this stuff and blaming his mother and blaming other people when in fact, without his mom and the other people, he wouldn't be where he is now. And he certainly wouldn't have the, the success that he has now. So it's kind of the same thing. I don't know the man. I love his movies. I think he's brilliant. However, I, I would hope he would take that, that hurt, that resentment, that pain. Look, she did drive you. She drove you to succeed. Get that out of you, man. You know what? You, you're holding on to something. She helped you. I, I agree with the way you're looking at it. It's like, I'm grateful for her saying, I won't make it. I remember when, uh, when I left for college, my dad said, I'll see you in three months. And he didn't mean like, I'll see you on a break. He's like, you're not going to make it. And that drove me to yeah. do what I did. But I, I thank him for that, you know? It, it, so anyway, Tarantino, if you're listening, man, let that shit go. You, your mom helped you. Yeah, let it go, man. Because <laughs> I, I think I think forgiveness, particularly self-forgiveness, is, is not just essential. It's fucking critical to, to get to the next level of, of, of really anything it's like when i was younger uh 
all I did was work. That's all I did. You know, starting my company, I worked seven days a week, 12, 15 hours a day. And my children were, were small and I missed a lot of the things that they had growing up. I missed ball games. I missed choruses. I missed all kinds of stuff. And I used to feel really bad about it. And I felt, felt really guilty about it. And it was just like carrying all this guilt and all this shame. But then later on, I realized that when I helped my son adopt a child, and I sat there and stroked a check for a hundred grand for him, for, for, for them to adopt the child. I went, if I hadn't have done all this, then, there, then there's no way I'd be able to help them now. I can be more value to them now than I ever could sitting up in a softball stand, watching, watching them play ball, not saying don't go watch your children play because I do regret not doing that. But forgiving myself of not doing it and, and stop. And I stopped carrying the guilt around. And then I realized the blessing at the end of the things that I'm now a, able to do for my children that I otherwise never could have done. And I think that's the way you have to look at things. Yeah. I, so I don't believe in regret. I know it exists. I know people have it, but here's why just what you said, I can't change the past. Okay. That is impossible. It's literally a physical impossible. Unless you have a time machine I'm unaware of, I cannot go back and change my behavior. I can't. Mm -hmm. So I call past this pain. And I'm borrowing from Lao Tzu. I just made it a little more simple. I also <laughs> cannot change the future. Everything that's going to happen in the future, that's all anxiety. So future is anxiety. Being present is everything. So whatever you're holding on to anyone, including myself, let it go because that is not serving you to show up as you did so amazingly with your son and now your grandson. I think you said it was a, a son that you helped. Mm -hmm. him That's incredible. And now you yeah. get to be in the moment with him, but you can't change what you did in the past. Good, bad, or indifferent. No. And, and regretting it, that, that's just going to serve to to just beat you up internally. Let it go. So I think it's beautiful that you have shifted your uh your perspective on it, but man, you can't do anything about it. So you may as well give everything you have in this moment. No. And, and I honestly believe the mistakes that you make in life, there are blessings that come down the road from them. I, I really believe that. I really do. That there's, there's there, no matter how bad the mistake was or no matter how, no matter how badly you screwed up, there's always going to be a blessing down the road. Uh, waiting for you at the end if you let it yeah and if you're open to it you're right right you can't know light without dark you can't know life without death you just can't appreciate it so i just lost my dad not long ago and that sucks man but you it know does. it makes me appreciate life that much more and i miss him and all of those things and i had to process through it but you know what Death teaches us so much about how to live life in the current moment. And I think that's what you're saying, brother. It's just like, look, I can't change it. And there's lessons to be learned in this crappy moment when I screwed up. How, how old was your father? He was 70. Mine died at 72. And he, uh, to me, it was a blessing the way that he went. He had some heart problems. He just dropped like a light bulb. He didn't suffer. 
In fact, he, he dined right in front of my mother and my mother said he just kind of shook for a second and said he was dead before he hit the floor. Oh. And I went, wow, what a way to go. You know, he didn't suffer through cancer, chemo, none of that. He, he just went and that's how he wanted to go. So God bless him. God bless him. And, and hopefully he lived every moment, every day in the full before it happened. So, I mean, that's the only thing we can do, right? Can't yeah. fix what you haven't done, but you can fix today. So we all have, we're all going to go somehow. You know, one of the, one of the rituals that I have every day is I usually read some sort of book on spirituality. I'm not particularly a religious person, but you know, they could be, it could be a Christian book, a Muslim, a Hindu, whatever. At the end of the day, they pretty much all say the same thing. And that is the central message behind a lot of it is there's no reason to worry. There's really no reason to worry because one thing that I found about, I have never anticipated anything, nothing that would end up being as bad as my mind told me it was going to be ever. And people worry about these problems because, you know, this lying little bastard sitting up here <laughs> who, who is giving you the worst case scenario of, of everything, it's always wrong. But yet we still listen to it because of all the assumptions that, that this thing up here makes that, and it's always the worst case. Yeah. It's, it's, it's beautifully creative. Like the amazing painting behind you that that was beautifully created by someone's mind. They're also incredibly destructive and yet nothing's even happened. And you're right about that, man. I, I like that. So, and it's so funny that you tried different and I don't mean funny, haha. I mean, it's so interesting to me that you read the different uh, spiritual texts because you find whatever one really resonates with you, right? Like yeah. the Stoics, everyone around me is into Stoicism. When I read it, I just don't get it. But for whatever reason, Taoism, I'm like, yeah, man, Psh, Lao Tzu, that guy's a smart dude right there. I'll follow his yeah. stuff all day long. So, but like you said, they're all saying the same idea. It's just which one resonates with you. And, it's and just I, whichever resonates with you the best. You're, you're absolutely right. And, and most of them do. And, and a lot of this is just, uh, you know, a lot of people that I know, if I told them that I, I read a, a, a Muslim devotional, you know, they say, oh, my God, you're going to go to hell. I, well, did you ever read it for yourself? Yeah, that, that's the same thing. Like, to me, one of the best education that you can give your children is the gift of travel. Mm. And I used to take my kids just all over the world with me and they got to see things and experience things and none of it was what they expected none of it was as bad as as what people like if the first time i went to the middle east people were telling me you know why are you going there they're going to cut your head off they're going to cut your hand off they're going to do all this stuff no some of the nicest finest people i've ever met in my life out there but it's you get a lot of prejudices from people who just get all the bullshit from the news mm. and they never experienced it for themselves. And, and that's what you have to do. And that's why the present moment is so important because that's the only way you're going to experience anything. 
I mean, look, we're all human beings. We are all trying to be happy. I don't care what race, religion, creed, color, none of that stuff matters. We're all trying to be happy. Look, yeah. and 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 survive. That that's ultimately human. You're trying to survive, whether you're Russian or you're uh Egyptian or American or Canadian, it doesn't matter. We're all trying to do the same thing. Yeah. And I agree with you, but I was able to study abroad after I blew out my knee for the last time, was no longer playing ball in college. I studied abroad. One of the best things, kids, if you're going to college, do your best to go study abroad. I think what Jeff said is so brilliant. So my neighbor a few weeks ago, uh, was lamenting the fact that his son was about to start the university of Florida and decided he didn't want to go. And he wanted to go backpack across Europe for a year. I'm like, nothing wrong with that. I said, that kid will learn more about the world in that one year than he will in 40 years at the university of Florida. So true. It, uh, it, it really is. It really is. Um, so, um, how do people get in touch with you, JM, if they want to learn more about your, your, your coaching and uh, you have a great Instagram. Um, if you want to throw your Instagram handle out. Uh, sure. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Let's yeah. 365 on any of the social media platforms. We try to make everything really easy. So let's go win.com. And then uh, let's go win podcast, I guess. Uh, I, I, you know what I would say too, is I love, love talking to people. And I don't care if you say, Jam, you were horrible on Jeff's show. Or if you say I was great, I don't care because I'm giving permission to give the feedback. I love to interact with human beings. So I appreciate the opportunity being here. And I'd love to hear from any of your audience members for sure. Yeah, everybody give him a follow, go on Amazon and buy his book because he, he just moved to Florida. He needs the money. <laughs> Boy, the way the real estate shot up. You're not kidding, brother. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, he needs the money. Baby needs a new pair of shoes. <laughs> so, man, you must know my wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, JM, thanks so much for being on. I really appreciate it. Um, like us, subscribe to us, look up JM, follow him on Instagram. We're going to tag you uh, when we, uh, your Instagram, when we, uh, when we post this out. And, uh, dude, I really appreciate, uh, you being on and it's really a pleasure to, to get to talk to you, brother. I appreciate you. I'm grateful to be here and thank you. Just, I had a wonderful time. You got it, brother.